Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, my name is Julie Johnson and I'm the Communications Lead for the Diversity and Inclusion Programme at NHS Employers. Welcome to the first of two episodes on inclusive leadership in the NHS. In episode one, we'll be exploring the theoretical side of inclusive leadership as we hear from leading experts Dan Robertson, Joan Sadler and Michelle Tuckey. First, Dan Robertson, the Diversity and Inclusion Director at Employers Network for Equality and Inclusion, explains the benefits of an inclusive workplace for staff and patients. I think there's probably uh, two principles, really, um, which makes this agenda key for the NHS. One is we do know that we as human beings um, have a tendency to hang out and gravitate towards people who are like us, people who look like us and sound like us and, more importantly, think like us. And we also know that when we gravitate towards similarity, it starts to create a whole bunch of flaws in organisational decision-making. So the principle of diversity is to make sure that we have a range of perspectives around that decision-making structure in order that we can do certain things. And the things that we want to do within the NHS is obviously to make sure that we provide um, services to our patients in a way which is um, accessible and inclusive. And the same thing is in relation to the people that we manage, so i.e. in terms of employee engagement. So the principles are not just around inclusivity, the principles are around making sure that we have a workforce which is diverse, first of all, which breaks the group think, but then moving towards the principle of organisational inclusivity, which helps to um, ensure that those diverse stakeholders feel that they can actively contribute towards that decision-making process. So ultimately, um, connecting diversity and inclusion together, we start to see um, positive benefits in both employee engagement and in terms of uh, patient outcomes. John Sadler, Associate Director at the NHS Confederation, explains how inclusivity can help your workforce and how a values-based leadership is key to developing a more diverse and inclusive workforce. Inclusion is for everyone and it's about everyone. So firstly, we are saying to staff, you're valued, you're important. We need you to be safe, to be able to deliver a service to others that helps you to do that in the best way. Uh, We are there to help you to deliver that service in the best way and that should be one of the priorities of our organisation. If we don't do that, then staff feel undervalued and we know that inclusivity looks like a surface event and we get to all kinds of problems that are happening in the NHS today in certain parts. Um, Staff really care about patients So inclusivity for staff and patients should be together. Our patients want a really great service from us. And indeed, those who actually use the NHS uh, feel that they do have a really great service. But sometimes, depending on who you are, that inclusivity, again, doesn't really um, come across as being valuable to them. They don't feel valued. So we need to make sure that all the people who use our services feel valued are valued, have the best service, and there is flexibility of service to make that inclusivity real to patients 
in essence, they get the best service they can from us. Michelle Tuckey, Associate Professor of Psychology at University of South Australia, draws on her programme of research on wellbeing at work to explain the importance of inclusive leadership in creating inclusive workplaces. Well, having an inclusive workplace for staff has benefits for the staff themselves, but benefits for the organisation right through and benefits for the patients. So in my own work, we've concentrated on an idea called psychosocial safety climate. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it essentially means, is my mental health and well-being valued here in this organisation? And we know that this relates to better health and well-being outcomes for staff, better uh, safety outcomes for patients, and also creating a better culture in general, where things like bullying uh, and discrimination can't thrive. So it's so important to value the staff as a whole person, both their physical health and well-being and their mental health and well-being. The valuing of staff, inclusiveness, um, and, and valuing difference needs to come right from the top down. So it can't be just in language, it can't be in policies. Workers are very good at quickly detecting the difference And so these actions, these behaviours need to come right from the top down. Otherwise, the whole effort towards these goals is undermined. In the second episode, we will look at some practical examples of what University Hospitals of Morecambe Bay NHS Foundation Trust are doing to achieve their aim of creating an inclusive workplace and how they are leading the way on this work. We'll hear how the Chief Executive, Jackie Daniel, leads from the front in achieving this goal. One of my jobs uh, when I went into the uh, Trust was to really shift the culture and this is a really fundamental part of that. We'll find out from Sarah Irving, a personal fair and diverse champion, how she supports staff from all backgrounds. If I can make a difference and just teach somebody, well actually that's not the right thing to say, you know, that's made a difference to somebody's life. And we'll look at some of the different networks at the Trust and how they are working together to ensure an inclusive workforce. A lot of the issues that we are coming through has also been identified by the other groups, but having a forum with all of the other ones means that we can then say this is actually an organisation-wide issue that needs to be addressed rather than anything else. Thanks for listening.